Hello and welcome to Prepare to Answer Ministries. It's good to have you all tuned in today. Um, what are you um, learning um, from God at the moment? What is what is God revealing to you? It's always a good question. Always good to think about it. Um, I know at the minute, one of the things I feel I'm having to consider more is just not to rush in with all my own ideas, even for this ministry or for just about anything that I'm trying to do. Um, I really feel like what I'm called to do at the moment is to just listen to the Holy Spirit and not jump in. Uh, I'm always quite uh, motivated with things that I'm excited about, but I need to stop and learn really about what what is it that God wants me to do. And I think even just with this ministry, that's something I'm learning as well. And maybe we can learn that in all many areas of life as we reach out to people all around us, as we try to use whatever we've been given, our gifts, our calling. We try to listen to what the Spirit's saying, to what God's saying, and even through His Word, I've just had many... Bible studies recently where I feel that God is making it very clear to me in his spoken words, you know, that I read um, just what it is that he wants me to do. Uh, but the question today that I'm dealing with, um, this is like the, only the second one of the year, but is why should I trust the Bible? Um, for me, this is definitely one of my most preferred topics. And the reason is because I think it's so practically useful, uh, because you will no doubt hear this all the time. I mean, ultimately, what we're trying to do is call people to the authority of the word, to live their life based on what the word says. So you're automatically going to hear many skeptics saying, well, why should I trust what this book says? It's just a book to them, they'll say. Yeah, they've probably heard it's the most read book that was ever written. It's the, the you know, been copied more times than any other book. Um, it makes startling claims and so on and so forth. But why should I trust it? You know, why should it be trusted? And again, you'll hear all the things then thrown out after that as the reasons why they've heard anyway that they shouldn't trust it. Now, just before I move into the evidence as to why we should trust the Bible, I would just say, add in just some tactics as a reminder for, well, if someone does say that, well, what do you mean by that? Why why would you not trust the Bible? What What do you mean by that statement? Is there something behind that? Clarify what they mean. And then say, well, that's an opinion as stated. What reasons have you got for that opinion? You know, what, what's your reasons? And then when they say the reason, well, what's your evidence for that reason? Because again, it may just be something they've heard. So why should I trust the Bible? What I want to do is something I commonly do, um, an acronym, listen out for it. I'll reveal it at the end. Probably be fairly obvious. I have got this on my site before, um, www.preparetheanswer.wordpress.com. It is already on there in the past, but I haven't done a podcast on it. There's many previous blogs that I want to convert to podcasts. Anyway, enough of the chit-chat. Um, reasons to trust the Bible. How can I answer the person who says, why and how can you trust the Bible? And these points coming up now are based on what historians use to authenticate any document, essentially, as proving its reliability. The, the, they are, the tests are, um, the events took place. How long of a gap have we got from the events until the writing? Um what manuscripts have we got to back up what was written? And what is the consistency like between the manuscripts? So there's the three tests of reliability, if you like. So we'll look at them now. So based on this criteria, we'll look at four reasons. And we'll start with time gap. So the first one is time gap. Um, the time period between the events described in the Bible and the writing of them actual, them actual documents. Um, what we'll say about the time gap for the Bible, the events, when they took place and when they were recorded, is uniquely small. 
Um, the events occurred between about AD 27, the start of Jesus' ministry, and the death of Paul, which isn't recorded at the end of Acts, but that's known to have happened around about between 62-64 AD, around the time of the Emperor Nero. So this is uh, the period of time, 27 AD to 62 AD, where the first book of the Bible is well documented, uh, well well proven to be written around about Galatians was around about 80, some say 45, but you could say about 80, 50. Not much later, later than 80, 50. These are rough estimates of, of, of the dates, but they're usually within a year or two, um, but around about 80, 50. So um, if this is actually a book of the Bible, it was written down at the same time that the events were taking place. Um, also the Gospels, um, again, I've got dating for them as well. Um, again, what was what was thrown out um, um, several years ago was, was late, late dating of the Gospels. So they, they said that they were in the mid-2nd century AD. Um, they, they, they claimed that this was the case, um, but what later discovered, discovered these, these were not accurate dates. And in fact, the Gospels' most evidence states, and it's redating the New Testament is a good book by John Robertson, um, but also um, Robinson, sorry, but also that the, the early dating for the Gospels, um, with most likelihood Mark being the earliest, around about uh, sometime between eighty about eighty fifty five to eighty sixty. And um, I've got a lot more. Another podcast coming out soon on the t- on this specific issue again that the Gospels were written by eyewitnesses. A lot more detail on that. The, the general theory is that the Book of Acts um, was Luke's second um, volume. Um, after after Acts, um, but Acts doesn't contain the destruction of Jerusalem um, in AD seventy, which Jesus predicted, and and it's notable in its absence. And um, given that the Jewish temple was referred to throughout the Book of Acts, it's very straight, conspicuous in its absence that it wasn't mentioned. And almost definitely, the Book of Acts was written before that, and no doubt also before Paul himself died, given that it ends with him in prison. So almost definitely written before Paul died, around about AD sixty four. So you've got the the book of Acts being written in around about AD 62 to 64 and if it's the second volume well that most likely means that Luke was written obviously it was written before that let's just say you know roughly around AD 60 um, and it was well known that um, you know Matthew's maybe written about the same time as Luke but that Mark they, they borrowed the material from Mark so Mark was then written earlier again so probably around the time AD 55 to 60. I'll look a lot more at this in detail again but just to say that it's it's very clear from the evidence that the, the Bible was written around the time um, that the eyewitnesses were, were alive. Uh, and again, just as a line that I would throw out when someone asks why I trust in the Bible, um, a, a bit of a line that I would use, and again I've said this before, is I consider it to be a historical, um, reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses at the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. So there's three things in there. Um, reliable um, document of historical um, historical evidence sorry about that, reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses at the lifetime of other eyewitnesses so um, scholars now believe the documents of the New Testament with the exception of Revelation were completed by the year about AD 69 so all, most of the books, of nearly all of them were completed, what this means is there's only a 7 year gap between the events of the New Testament describes and the completion of the scriptures. So it's a uniquely small gap of time. Say uniquely because compared to all other historical documents, it stands head and shoulders above all of them. So the unique small time gap between the events and the writing down of them events. 
meaning that there was no time for myths to be developed. And it was written at the time when other people were alive who could counter-argue that these things took place. Uh, second thing, time gap. Second thing is internal consistency. Uh, and these points will be a bit quicker. And despite having 66 books being written over 1,500 years, um, and they were written by shepherds, farmers, priests, tent makers, physicians and kings, and being written in three different languages, I'm sure we know what they are, Hebrew, Aramaic and Greek, the degree of continuity and consistency found in the Bible is remarkable. Um, and again, we're going to hear more about the manuscripts, but it's also been said that when each manuscript's been found and then correlated together in terms of its accuracy of what was written down, it's been found to be about 99.5% accurate. The degree of difference in terms of variance in the manuscripts is maybe some were written Christ Jesus instead of Jesus Christ, or the spelling of a place beside a or other places in the Bible where there's a slight difference in the way the word was spelt, and that's why there's a little bit of variation. But it's incredible continuity over the years of the, the finding in the manuscripts of 99.5% accuracy is incredible. So internal consistency. Um, the third thing is the manuscript evidence. And again, I've said this before, it really needs to be seen to be believed. If, if you hear me say it today, but you didn't know much about this, you would honestly think I was making it up. The amount of manuscript evidence is unique and more superior than the next 10 ancient works combined. There's around about 5,300 Greek manuscripts and over about 29,000 manuscripts in total um, for our New Testament. that have been unearthed over the years. Some of the best manuscript evidence, known as uncial manuscripts, which means they only contain capital letters, um, which are far more reliable in the sense that they date back to, to a further period of time, closer to the events. Three or four of them have been found in the last 100 years alone. Um, but again, 99.5% accuracy between the manuscripts. And I've also written on the variants before, which you can read on the site as well. Now the last thing, so we have, we have time gap, we have internal consistency, we have manuscript evidence. Last one, evidence, evidence of inspiration. So, as I've said already, so so you've told me that what was written down was reliable, that it was written by and down by people who've seen it. It wasn't counter-argued by anyone else who's seen it. Um, it was written and recorded accurately. You're like, well, so what? That doesn't mean that it's it's from God. It means that what was written down supposedly took place, it was recorded accurately, but that doesn't prove that it's inspired. And, and I would agree with that. But then there's evidence of inspiration within the, the Bible itself. How can we say that? Well... The Bible contains about 2,500 prophecies or more, and 2,000 of these have already been fulfilled. The most popular, and I've done a lot on prophecies before, the most popular being the Messianic prophecies, Isaiah 53, Psalm 22. These prophecies were written down about 700,000 years before Christ was born, yet they were clearly about Christ. They contain information which could only have been referring to Jesus, again, before he was born, and they were proven within the New Testament that they took place as predicted and were proven by sort of non-biased non historical evidence outside of the Bible, which confirms that the events that the New Testament reports were also documented outside of the New Testament. Um, Tacitus confirms this, Josephus confirms this, we've got Roman historians, Jewish historians confirming these details, which shows that the prophecy was written before Jesus came, it was definitely about Jesus, it happened as said in the New Testament, and also backed up by 
a non-biased source, which is incredible, powerful testimony um, as well. And again, there's many, many, many of these prophecies out there. I've only mentioned just a couple of them there, and you can definitely get into that in a lot more detail. Um, but again, in for, the Bible passes all these tests in first place. So if you notice it um, already, I said that we've got time gap, we've got internal consistency, we've got manuscript evidence, and we've got evidence of inspiration. So if you look at the first letter of each of them, it stands for the word time. And that's how I remember it. I like to have an easy way to remember this when someone says to me, why, why should I trust the Bible? Well, I can call upon that a bit easier than all that evidence I've just mentioned. And of course, there's a lot more. So T, time gap. I is the internal consistency of the Bible. M stands for manuscripts. And E stands for the evidence of inspiration, which you can unpack a bit more, of course. The way I like to remember it is when the right time came, i.e. the dying out of miraculous gifts, the ascension of Jesus into heaven, when the right time came, then we got the written word. You know, Acts, um, Hebrews 1 verses 1 to 3 talk about this, how God communicates now via the, the written word. When the right time came, God now communicates via the written word that we have in our hands every day. So this is to counter, the, or at least have an answer for positive reasons why you believe the Bible can be trusted. And again, to make to really set it out on its own, you really need to compare the data of other historical documents in the tests that I've just mentioned, because this is what's looked at to prove a document's reliability. What was the gap of time between the event and the writing down? Is it is the writing is it consistent? Is the manuscript evidence internally consistent? Does it do they say different things? Do they teach different things? The internal consistency. The manuscript evidence that we have, what's the volume, what does it date back to, what's the quality, what's the consistency again. And then again, the last thing that we've looked at here is further evidence that it's not just written by man. There's details found in there that can only be divine in origins because man cannot predict what will happen in the future. I'm sure that's something we'd all agree on. So remember time, it's the acronym to answer why should I trust the Bible I have spent a fair bit of time recently looking into some of this stuff in a lot more detail, particularly the, the, the dating of New Testament books, the Gospels and the letters, uh, and particularly the time gap. Um, so one of my next articles, in the, in, or certainly soon, will be about the, the, the Bible was written by eyewitnesses. Because this is key, key evidence um, that, that demonstrates that what we read is what actually took place. Um, so I just pray the Spirit is working on our hearts, that we're guided by the Holy Spirit, um, that it will lead us and help us in conversations. It will help us to know what to say when we're called upon, you know, in a situation where someone, you know, challenges our belief in the scriptures. Uh, but this is a little thing that we can't commit to memory. This is not me saying, well, forget about the Holy Spirit as long as you remember these details. This is just being prepared to answer, as First Peter three fifteen tells us, and also Second Corinthians tells us to be able to, first chapter ten to demolish arguments that are set up against you know, our belief in Christ. So hopefully that's helpful today. Again, remember time. Please drop me any comments that you have, anything that's helped, anything else you'd like to hear. Go on and visit www.preparedanswer.wordpress.com. Many thanks for tuning in today.